welcome to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my special guest, Louis Valsain. Louis Valsain. So, some of you are as fortunate as I am, and you just have that cool ass neighbor. <laughs> right? Like, these people move into your neighborhood, and you're like, oh, thank God. Like, where have you been? Right? That's Louis to me, right? Louis is he's a businessman, he's a trainer. I don't want to steal his thunder, so I'm going to let him introduce himself and his background. Lewis is our guest. He's a friend of mine. He's a neighbor. I'm fortunate that he and his wife found our neighborhood, and they moved in. I sometimes wish he didn't have three small children. Not that they're not adorable, but just because it keeps him from hanging out with us as much as he should be hanging out with us. Hey, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we, we all choose uh, our phases of life. Yep. Um, I happen to uh, have two older kids, so I have more free time. I remember what it was like when I was chasing nap times and diapers. And oh, it's nonstop. Pack and plays. Oh, my God. Do you have one in diaper or two in diapers? Uh. One in diapers. Okay, so well, you know what? Uh, yeah, my youngest is in diapers, but I have uh, uh, one in pull-ups as well. Still, still trying to wean him <laughs> off. And Lewis is one of our first guests because I think it was over like a New Year's Eve party mm-hmm. or a Christmas party. I was like, hey, I'm going to launch this podcast. Like, oh, man, I have a podcast. I don't want to launch a podcast. I'm like, perfect. You'll be my first guest. And then as we started talking more and um, – I can see the similarities in his mindset and his thought process. Even before Coleman started recording today, the, <laughs> the conversations we were getting into about uh, previous episodes and leveraging wealth and uh, how it's not taught to, to certain uh, demographics or socioeconomic um, households, yep. but it is in, in others. But you have a very interesting topic that you want to talk about today. Absolutely, yeah, okay. absolutely. So enlighten me because... True story, he was texting me his topic yesterday when we were confirming uh, the, the recording. And no lie, I thought you said entrepreneurship, but it came over, spelled a little bit different, but it's text, and I'm assuming you're talking to texting, and it happens to me all the time. I say one thing, and my Siri and my phone thinks I said something else, but you're not talking about entrepreneurship. No, entrepreneurship. Okay, so, so what is entrepreneurship? So uh, entrepreneurship is different from entrepreneurship in that uh, entrepreneurs look to deliver value outside of big organizations. Entrepreneurship occurs within a large organization. Or let's say you're an employee that works for someone. Okay. You're an entrepreneur. Well, let's, let's say that everyone uh, who works for an organization delivers some sort of value. Now, when it comes to entrepreneurship, it's how you go about delivering that value that will produce the greatest amount of rewards for you as an individual. All right, so let me, let me stop real quick. I'm going to strip it down. Yep. Here at Waterstone Mortgage, just in uh, our Orlando office, we have roughly 50 associates. Mm-hmm. This podcast that we're going to jump headfirst in, all 50 should be listening. Absolutely. Perfect. So that means anyone listening who works for someone else. Yes has a job, Yep. wants to excel in yes, their career, absolutely. maybe look to get promoted, maybe look to uh, earn a raise, Absolutely. this podcast is for you. Absolutely. Cool. All right. It took me that long. I have an idea of where you're going to go. Now I'm super excited. All right. I digress. Please take over. So here's the challenge that many people face when it comes to a career. No one's ever taught anyone what a career is. There's no class in college that covers how to effectively manage your career. 
right? Everyone knows that you go to college to pick up a trade or you go to a, some sort of trade school and you spend X number of years in a profession. Earning a certificate. Correct. An insurance policy. Correct. Okay. But the way in which you go about achieving success in that thing that you do, be it from nine to five or whatever hours you're working, no one tells you how to effectively manage it so that you can reap the greatest rewards over time, right? Many employees will never hear certain terms, LTI, STI, bonuses. STD? <laughs> STI. Well, we some, don't like STDs. No, no like STDs STI. here. Okay. Right, so LTIs, long-term investments. I'm sorry, long-term incentives. Okay. STI is short-term incentives. Okay. Bonuses. All right. Uh, most, most people who work a job only think of getting a raise. And nowadays, the only way you can go about getting a raise, how people see it, is going from one job to another job. But guess what? There is a completely other side of it that people can leverage and capitalize on to advance their career, get the promotion, get paid more. Okay. So I have a feeling you're going to dive deep into... STI, short-term incentive. Yes. Which would be bonuses. Correct. Okay. How to earn a bonus, how to even um, be eligible for a bonus. Absolutely. Is that something that you should negotiate at time of hire? Is that something that you can negotiate mid-career? Mid you can negotiate one at any point in time. Okay. Right. So uh, a bonus uh, is based on performance. Now, most people... Will you say that again, please? Oh, oh, bonuses based on performance. Okay, so bonuses aren't guaranteed. Absolutely not. Yeah, well, one, let's, let's be completely transparent about this. There is no aspect of a job that is completely guaranteed. Okay. Right? J this is just the nature of business. Uh, if the business is profitable and it has the ability and the wherewithal to pay people, it will do so. If it's not, hopefully this does not happen, then it will have to lay people off. Right? That's just economics. Yep. Right? You have to have income in order to pay people. If you don't have income, you can't pay people. And most businesses, mm -hmm. and one could argue even nonprofits, are still in it to make money. Oh, yeah. I mean, you have to earn money to stay in business. It doesn't matter if you're a government institution, nonprofit. Uh, you're still in the business of performing some sort of service, delivering some sort of value to your target customer base. Okay. Right? So uh, now, should you, you ask the question of can you negotiate an, uh, an STI at time of hire? You can. It can be very difficult if you don't have, uh, if you've not done the necessary homework. Okay. Right. You can also negotiate an STI uh, later on once you're in the job. But again, you have to position yourself to effectively do that. This is the part that people don't get. Now, I'm going to provide a definition for what a career is. Okay. It's two parts. A career is made of, of two elements. It is the relationships you sustain and the results that you deliver. Relationships. Internal relationships, external relationships? Both. All of the above. All of the above. Okay. So relationships that you sustain and the results that you deliver. So there could be some value for me to actually leave work at 4 o'clock with the rest of the crew when they're doing the quarterly team building event, even though I really would prefer to either stay at work and crank out what I need to get done right. so I don't have to get up early tomorrow to come in and do that work. Right. But there could be some long-term benefits for me to suck it up buttercup, go for a half hour or an hour, show face, hang out. And be a team player, right? Because right? okay. right? what is it they say, uh, no one cares what you know until they know that you care. 
Say that again? No one cares what you know until they know that you care. Okay. Right? So if you're working on a team, which is uh, last estimate was 80% of the world population works in an organization on some sort of team. So they're looking to deliver value with other people. Right? You have to, one, get them to know that you care about their benefit as well. Right? So if you go ahead and you cultivate those relationships, you're already hitting on one side of a career. The other part is the results aspect of it. Now, you get a position description when you start your job. Yes. Right? And you're, for you're, someone who employs, it's loose. Absolutely. So you're trying to cover all aspects. Correct. Knowing that maybe only one-third of it is truly going to be beneficial and worthwhile or sought after, yes. right? So that's the challenge that a lot of people have is they don't actually spend the time really trying to get an understanding of what's extremely important to an organization. I'm going to go ahead and give you the answer to that. Go for it. Every organization has two challenges that they face on a regular basis. I think we talked about this a little bit before the everything went live. It was leads and conversions. I don't care what business you're in. It's about qualified leads and can you convert on those qualified leads. Nonprofit, same thing. It's identifying uh, the necessary donors, right, and getting them to donate. If you're a governmental institution, you have a specific objective for whatever governmental entity that you're a part of that you have to address. Did you do it right? And did you address the needs of your customers, right? So it's leads and conversions. Doesn't matter. Every business. Every single business. Now, the thing for you as an employee is to identify how can I deliver the greatest amount of value in supporting the organization in identifying qualified leads and assisting with conversions. Now, someone's going to look at their position description and say, well, I'm not in sales, I'm not in marketing. So how am I going to affect leads and conversions? Well, the thing that you have to do is relationships. If you have the right relationships with the right people, they can provide you with insight on how you can position yourself within the organization to influence leads and conversions. And I would guess, don't be afraid to ask the question. That's ask how. If you don't know how, ask. Absolutely. Now, here's another aspect that you can leverage when it comes to the ask. Because a lot of people are afraid to ask from fear of looking stupid, right? Get a mentor. Getting an internal mentor, someone of influence inside the organization, can help you navigate the waters, knowing the right question to ask and who to ask. Because you can have the right question, but asking the wrong person, you'll get the response that's not going to support you in achieving the leads and conversions that will position you for a bonus, that will position you for a promotion, that will position you as a, uh, a high performer in the organization. No, that, I mean... I'm listening to you and the, the, the hamsters in my head are just spinning at like 15, 20 miles an hour, all three of them. <laughs> Thinking how it correlates to just what we do for a living. Mm -hmm. like, everyone knows Coleman, who is uh, typically sitting next to me riding shotgun when we're doing this podcast. And when we hired Coleman, I, I literally said to him, hey, we can pay you X, but I want you making Y. And he looked at me like, well, how am I going to get there? And I said, you and I, it's our challenge. Right. We have to show value Absolutely. for Waterstone Mortgage. Absolutely. And value is leads yep. and conversions. That's it. The more people we get to tune into this podcast, the more value we're bringing. Absolutely. As long as those people who are tuning in like what we say and want to pick up the phone and inquire Absolutely. about either working here yep. or about doing business with us or doing business with one of our partners. Yep. The minute we can quantify that, 
Coleman should have every reason to come to me and be like, hey, bro, it's time to pay me. That's pay it. Me daddy. Right? That's it. Okay. I'm, I'm following you. I'm so, picking up what you're putting down. Good, good. So here's the, the challenge that a lot of folks have. Now, if you can identify what is extremely important to the organization in terms of leads and conversions, you have a mentor that can help you navigate, right, can provide you with some direction on how to best deliver that value. The other thing that a mentor will do in supporting you is help champion you as an individual, right? When you say mentor, um, and sorry to cut you off, but I, I think this is very important for the listeners. Are there any do's and don'ts when choosing your mentor? Meaning, should I go to my boss first so I don't piss my boss off? Or should I just kind of rogue it, renegade it, go to the person that I think would benefit me the most? This is a great question. And then finally, what's the cost of a mentor? Like my thought is, man, for 12 bucks, Starbucks basically. Yeah. Hey, could you meet me every three weeks, every four weeks, once a month? I'll buy you Starbucks and we can just sit together for 45 minutes. Absolutely. Okay. So, so you would recommend offering some kind of a... Um, pay it forward gesture of can we meet for coffee once a month? Can I can I buy forty five minutes of your time? Yeah, I mean I think a twelve dollar investment for the possibility of making ten to fifteen thousand dollars more per year. Phenomenal ROI. Phenomenal, right? right? Like that's that's greater than ten X. So then how do I tiptoe around Talk, talking not, to your not boss? Off my boss if I don't right. want my boss to be my mentor. So that's a good question. So the the when it comes to having the conversation with your boss Keep it simple. Say you see yourself growing within the organization and you'd like to explore uh, the possibility of having a mentor, right? Hopefully your boss doesn't immediately throw themselves into the ring and say, oh, I'd be great as a mentor for you. Because, again, there's a conflict of interest there when your immediate uh, supervisor serves as your mentor. And, and I would like to believe, like if that happened to me, mm -hmm. my, my go-to script, I'm yeah. a big script, and everything has to be scripted out and thought about, usually when I'm doing yard work, what I'm doing is actually scripting. If I'm not uh, jamming out to Lil Wayne or George Strait or whatever <laughs> flavor I'm into that day, um, I would almost want to share a compliment to my boss and be like, hey, Lewis, you're a phenomenal mentor, mm -hmm. but you and I work close together day in, day out. So it can't be you. Right. Who do you recommend? Right. Like, that's that's a good one. You're already my mentor. As right. my boss, you're being paid to mentor me. Right. It was, I think they call that a humble inquiry, right? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's a yeah. good one. I like that. Yeah, so that I, I think I would angle that way. Which Absolutely. Means I recommend angling that way. Um, so, okay, we get the boss to sign off, and we want the boss's permission. Absolutely. At well, because what you don't want is for your boss to not be in the know, come to find out, and now they feel jilted in some yeah. way, shape, or form, right? Because what you don't want uh, is if you have a great boss, not saying that everyone is going to have a great boss, but if you have a great boss, is to damage that relationship. Correct. Now, right. You, you don't want to do anything that could be misconstrued. Absolutely. You, you want to be on the up and up on it. Um, and again, we're talking about intra. Intrapreneurship. Intrapreneurship. We're yep. talking about our career. Absolutely. Um, so I have a mentor. What else should I be doing? Yeah. To be a, a solid entrepreneur. Awesome. So uh, you have a mentor. Uh, you've identified the needs of the organization. The biggest and most important thing is how do we, how do you accomplish the tasks that you currently have on your desk, 
right? Doing your job in the most effective, most efficient way possible. Yeah, what they hired me to do. Absolutely. I gotta do that you still have to do that, yeah. right? Because uh, you won't get an opportunity to advance, be promoted to a new position until you show that you have a complete grasp on the things that you're currently doing. Most people, more, more times than not, uh, if you're being promoted, you've already mastered some aspect of your current job. If you don't show mastery in your current job, even if you're, even if you're delivering a significant amount of value to the organization, someone will always bring up the question of, I don't think that person's ready, yeah. right? So it's being able to manage your time effectively, right? Uh, now, when it comes to time management, easy one that anyone can do, doesn't require you to read a book, doesn't require a significant amount of skills, is pretty much scheduling out your day. Big fan. Big fan. You can't go wrong with scheduling out your day. From the time you wake up to the time, well, I would say through the time that you go to sleep. When, when do you typically schedule your day? The night before or the morning of? Well, so I do my entire week-long schedule Sunday. Okay. Then I do a uh, spot check. from the barber who comes to your house to cut your hair? Everything. So with my you barber. Do know, you do know Michelle. <laughs> so Michelle's my wife. Michelle's like, we're like laying in bed the other night. She goes, you know Lewis has a barber come to his house? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, time mastery. Yeah. And she, I, I go, but I know I have other friends that do that. She goes, no, uh Yeah. I go, it's not totally uncommon. Yeah. But I think she was like giving you props, like, you know, he's big baller status. He has someone come to his <laughs> house to, to, to do his hair. I, I but, honestly tell you the reason why I do it, and this again goes back to uh, effective time management. Years ago, I realized, well, in college, I realized going to a barbershop for three, four hours a day, sitting there, although I enjoyed the atmosphere, over time, it didn't really improve. Uh, it didn't make me happy, make me money, or make me better as a person. Okay. So because of that, I found a different way of doing so at it. 2021. At 2021, Absolutely. You're, you're 20 years old, 21 years old. Your mindset is, if it doesn't... Make me happy. Make you happy. Make me money. Make you money. Or make me better as a person. Okay. So to me, I, I live by uh, set principles. Make me that. happy, make me money, make me better as a person. I love that. So whenever I have to make a difficult decision, I always fall back on that. But uh, to time mastery, reason why I have a barber, because, again... I'm sorry to call you out for that, but... No, nah, no, nah, it's fine. I, I think it's pretty awesome. So because of that, I stopped going to barbers that didn't do scheduled times. Okay. And when I found that I could actually have a barber come to me, oh, easy sell. Easy sell. Because that's scheduled out. Absolutely, that's, scheduled that is, out. You just, you just told us a couple minutes ago, you don't have to read a book. It's mm -hmm. pretty easy to do. Set a schedule. You do your schedule every Sunday. For Absolutely. The week. For the entire week. Okay. Hopefully, so you can always build some flex into your schedule. Uh, you have set meetings that you have to take. You have, uh, if you go into an office or you work a set schedule, bake that into your schedule. If you have dinner at a set time, bake that into your schedule. If you exercise, bake that into your schedule. Your sleep time should be pretty consistent. Bake that into your schedule. To me, it's not important if it's not scheduled. You know, this time change absolutely i hate it hate. i'm voting for whoever yeah. kill abolishes <laughs> right daylight saving time so i get i get caught in my routines mm -hmm. right? and my my routine is i run monday morning i bike tuesday morning i swim wednesday run, and i have to say i have bike. to say you are the most dedicated because i see you running around the neighborhood i'm like man i have to do better <laughs> tomorrow I, I literally every day I have to pass Lewis's house to, to get out of the neighborhood and I typically run and bike out of the neighborhood. So I either see you or your wife getting the kids ready, taking yep. the dog out just about every morning. But no, this time change happened. And um, I bought a new bike. It's a racing bike. I'm not used to being on, on clipping uh, uh, shoes. Yeah. And 
it's seven o'clock and it's still freaking dark. Yeah. Well, my schedule is one in which I drop my son off at the bus stop at six thirty. Mm-hmm. I come home, have my second cup of coffee, and by six forty five, six fifty, I'm on the road. Right. Whether I'm running or I'm biking. Because mm-hmm. I have to get showered by this time, leave the neighborhood by this time to get into the the office by a set time. Right. Like, that's my routine. Right. And this GD time thing, it's dark at seven twenty. It is. And I'm just not ready to get out on my bike on the road in the dark. Right. So my happy ass is going to go not so happy to the bike shop and buy a light <laughs> until it starts getting you know daylight sooner. Right. But right. Anyhow, yeah, just talking about schedules and and how it works with with productivity and and typically success. Absolutely. Right? I mean, you you are one of the more successful people that you know. Yes. Um, from your college buddies, I would assume. Yes. Yeah. You're also well. I'll say so. So I didn't go to school for engineering, and I out earn all the engineers that I know significantly. Because you mastered entrepreneurship. Because I mastered entrepreneurship. Yeah. Uh, so again, effective time management yeah. is one element of it. The other part is now productivity, right? What should you focus on? How should you focus on it? Uh, email answering. Email. This is me personally. Email is the bane of our existence. But you have to do it. So you have to figure out a way to do it in the most effective manner. And by the way, social media is the bane of our existence. Your kids are just too young for you to recognize that. That's true. So that for is us true. Older professionals, it is email. Yeah, that just is. Just wait until your kids get older. Uh, I'm not looking forward to it. No. All right, I digress. Sorry. So uh, emails, because we spend so much time on it, and again, email delivers the least amount of value in terms of uh, unless. Your business is the business of emails. If you're an email marketer, uh, I would say, well, focus on doing the emails extremely well. But for everyone else where value is delivered uh, in another fashion outside of email, you have to figure out a way to effectively deal with the emails. Again, have a conversation with your supervisor indicating, hey, you'll be answering emails from one time from a set period of time. You can do it for the first 15 minutes of an hour. Uh, that way, if you get a lot of emails per day, you can always address those emails or the most important emails at the top of the hour. Uh, the remaining emails, you can triage those, fi- figure out which ones you don't need to answer to at all. Because the worst emails that you can possibly receive is an all-call email. I have a question that I need to ask. I don't know who to ask it to. I'm asking everyone, please, someone respond back to the email. Like, Swipe and delete. Yeah. Swipe, delete, move on. Absolutely. You know, in, in my industry, in the mortgage industry, the top earners. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm talking people who make 400, 600, 800 grand a year. Mm-hmm. Don't check their own email. Yeah, I can imagine. So if a top earner and is is not willing to, I think that speaks volumes to the rest of us who aren't at that level. Right. Now, they may have someone mm-hmm. that checks their email, but they have recognized at some point in their career, email is not worth their time. Right. And there's other tasks that are. Now, that might not work for most associates. Right. Right. You're talking about a sales professional who's running their own book of business, who's out self-promoting and marketing. Right. You're just getting started. Yeah. But but I think it, it still holds true mm-hmm. at the evils that, that email can be. Yes. Uh, in general. So you're, you're saying manage your email, but don't let your email manage you. Correct. Okay. Correct. So I, I take it uh, in your industry, you do a lot of... Uh, direct sales kind of you're looking to have a conversation with someone directly or have a conversation with an institution of some sort correct and i think it's most sales organizations right i mean like i think of me as 
whether I'm, I'm a life insurance salesperson, a financial advisor, right. whether I am a hedge fund manager. Yep. It's still right. person to person. Yeah. I still need to reach out to people who want my services and my product. Right. And in those instances, a conversation goes a lot further along because you get all the things that you miss in an email. You have to do a lot more in an email to convey warmth, to convey understanding, right? To convey sincerity. I have to triple, I personally triple proofread every email, A, for grammatical errors, yep. B, for spelling errors, mm -hmm. and then C, for what I call asshole errors. Yeah. Right? That's because a long time ago, my wife said, hey, you know you sound like an asshole in that email. I'm like, well, I wasn't trying to be an asshole, but it just, it just, I learned early on that if I write something, mm -hmm. you can't hear me smiling. You can't right. hear me joking. Right, right. Um, so therefore, yeah, I can totally see that personally. I, I can see where it, a simple four-sentence email mm -hmm. might take me four times as long as picking up the phone and just talking to somebody. Yeah. Okay. So conversations go further than emails. Yep. Right. Manage your email, like you said. Don't let your email manage you. Now, other aspects of doing your job. Uh, if you spend a significant amount of time in meetings, this is a really big one. This is one that, again, if you work in a team-based environment where a lot of meetings are a, a part of the culture. Mandated by your manager. Yes. Yep. You need to figure out if you need to be in that meeting. I know a lot of organizations nowadays are going have transitioned to a, if you don't need to be there, leave. Because organizations are realizing people are sitting in meetings not delivering any kind of value. But still, many organizations live and die by meetings, right? Because we need a meeting to talk about the meeting we're going to have next week. Right, right. And this is just the nature of big organizations because you have executives that have to fill their day with something. So they're going to fill it with oversight. And oversight is going to come by way of a meeting. I need to have a status update or something. And those meetings uh, will ultimately drive down your productivity because you can't work on anything else while you're in a meeting. Well, you can, but you run the risk of being extremely rude and you're not giving either the speaker your full or, attention, yeah. Or you're not giving your 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 project that you're trying to, um, I say double dip, but you're you're trying to multitask. Yeah, and that's that's not real. Attention. And yeah. humans can't multitask, right? No. So it's it's essentially you're splitting your focus, and you're you're delivering the least amount of value you possibly okay. can. And I always tell people when it comes to well. Let me go back and, and, and really make this abundantly clear. Humans cannot multitask, scientifically proven. Multitasking is something that can only be accomplished by computers. Whenever someone says, well, I can do it, I say, great. Can you do me a favor? Drink a cup of water while reading a speech. Easy. You can't, humans just can't multitask. We can split focus. But when you split focus, you're not dedicating any amount of attention to one thing at all. Yeah, the book I'm reading right now is called Spellbound. Mm -hmm. and, um, it's a business book, but written by a magician. Gotcha. And magicians take full advantage of our inability yeah, to, to focus. Multitask, yeah. But our ability to quickly change focus. Yep. Right, because that's it's all about deception. Absolutely. Um, just on, on a magician standpoint, but that that is just further proof to what you're saying is that there's no such thing as multitasking. There is a such thing as flipping your focus. Absolutely. And you can flip your focus nine times in, in thirty seconds. Yes. Okay. Yes. So so think of it like uh, you get in the car to drive to work, something you've done forever. And you're focusing on something else, and all of a sudden, 15, 20, 30 minutes later, you're at work, you're like, oh, my God, how did I get here? Yeah. 
right? I wasn't multitasking. Right, but you didn't get into an accident or anything. Thank God, right? But you didn't dedicate yourself to either the task that you were focusing on or the driving experience at all, right? But you just got through it. So when it comes to working on any particular activity, uh, focus. Dedicate the time. Cut out anything that would steal your focus, social media. Uh, If you're working on something that requires you to focus, shut down social media, right? Shut down your your, uh, email browser uh, and focus on that specific task. Dedicate 35, 40 minutes to just knocking it out. Then break away for 5, 10 minutes and then get back to it. Um, I want us to go back to the the meetings. Yes. Is there a tip or a trick that you can share on how someone can um, successfully, without ruffling feathers, not be mandated to attend a meeting that they feel like they don't need to be a part of, but they are on the invite? Yeah. Easy one. Again, having a conversation with your supervisor and simply asking or whoever the uh, the creator of the meeting is simply asking, am I needed for this meeting because I have an important task to focus on? If it's a regular recurring meeting uh, with a set agenda and you're required to provide data points, again, having a conversation with the creator or your supervisor if it's the same thing over and over, no new changes, simply send the information. Ask if you can simply not attend. In your opinion, is there a set number of monthly meetings that would be, like you would be coaching someone and they were like, hey, if, if you're having less than this many meetings, just make sure you attend them. Assuming each meeting is an hour long. Yeah. Like is there, like if you're asked to, to attend one one-hour meeting a week, w- would you recommend even if it's not relevant suck it up it's one hour of your 40 hour work week don't ruffle feathers or would you actually in your spirit of entrepreneurship still encourage someone to sit down with their supervisor and tell them yeah i know it's only one hour i know it's recurring but it's just not worth my time so the question i'd like to reframe it okay so the one one hour meeting once a week may not be a problem a one-hour meeting in a sea of one-hour meetings becomes a problem. So uh, I know for me, early on in my career, I constantly had a running joke with my colleagues of, you know, when do we have time to work if we're constantly in meetings? And it was usually after hours on the weekends. On your personal time. On my personal time. Yeah, especially if you're salaried and not hourly. Correct. uh, Then it's totally in your personal time. Correct. Or even if you're uh, hourly, Right. You do have the added benefit of being paid the additional hours that you work. But there is uh, a point where that work life balance issue comes into play where is not worth the squeeze. Absolutely. Like you can work 60 hour weeks, but you don't have any kind of social life whatsoever. Well, what do you do with that? Right. Is there really a benefit to making all of this money that you don't have time to spend, nor do you have friends to spend it with because you've avoided them for yeah. so long? The, the only time I would ever recommend it is if someone could see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. And they're like, look, I'm building an empire. Yes. I'm building this scale. It has to be focused. And I, if I know I have to do this, but it's going to be for two, three years, two, three months, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to put my nose down. I'm going to grind it out. Right. I'm going to stop. I'm going to reward those that have sacrificed along with me. Absolutely. Uh, we actually got into that a little bit uh, on the, the previous episode mm-hmm. uh, where I was encouraging loan originators to do that right now because interest rates are so low. Yeah. That it's like, I mean, look. It's the season, right? So well, you have. It's the whole buying season. And coronavirus brought us this gift, like 2.75% interest rates. Right. And I have people that are complaining. Mm-hmm because of the amount of work they're gonna have, but most of our people are bonused based on productivity, based on, on volume of business that they bring in the door. And I'm thinking, man, at some point, you just kinda of have to tell your wife and your kids, like, I'll try not to miss too much, right. but right now, I have an opportunity to make some serious coin. And deliver value, right? Leads and conversions. So yes. this, is, this is the season of conversions, yes. right? The government has ultimately made it easier for people to convert. What, um, we haven't talked a whole lot about long-term incentives. Long-term so, incentives, yes. Yeah, so, so um, because I think you did a really good job of, of painting a picture. Mm-hmm. There's so much that we can come back in, oh, in later episodes and really get hyper-focused on one or two topics. Right. I bet you and I can do a show just on time management. Oh, man, right? yes. Um, but, or, or just mindset. Yes. Right? That's another one that, um, so just kind of, painting a picture of the audience. Lewis and I are the geeks in the corner when everyone else is like doing beer bongs. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're like talking about mindset and books we're reading and podcasts. Now, granted, I am sipping on a crown water. Um, but but our, our conversations are, haven't quite gone to the level that so many of our other uh, neighbors have, have gone when we get together and, uh, and do house parties. But um, so, yeah, so you and I could talk about books we're reading. Absolutely. And, but but I, I do because you touched on it. Long-term incentives. Yes. Talk about how to do short-term incentives. Basically, how to position yourself for a raise, how to position yourself to ask for a bonus. And in order to ask for a bonus, you better be really good at what you were hired to do. Yep. Plus, you need to figure out how to bring value to the organization. Typically, value is with leads and conversion. Absolutely. And you're probably going to need a mentor to help you get there. Absolutely. Right? So, so we've covered that pretty well. Yes. At least enough for people to say, hmm, how can I do that? Yes. Long-term incentives. Give me some. Give me some background on your thought process on long-term incentives and how it applies to entrepreneurship. So, long-term incentives, uh, stock options. Long story short, stock options, or it's uh, performance-based uh, bonuses that are extended over a certain period of time. Okay. So, for instance, uh, it can be stocks or it can be cash. Uh, the organization will allocate a certain amount of money. 30, 40, 50, 60, 400,000, however much it is. And they'll state that either we're going to give you this amount for work that you've already done, or we're going to give you this amount based on your ability to deliver on whatever the objectives are. Do you recommend that I sit down, I say I, but but the listener, Mm -hmm. sits down with their employer and broaches the subject or do they wait for the employer to bring it to them? Is it only a certain level person or certain level professional that is given long-term incentive? Right. So long-term incentives are now, it depends on if you are for a publicly traded organization or not. That was my next question is what if I don't work for a publicly traded company, can I still get things like stock options or profit share or long-term incentive? Absolutely. So you can, uh, now the mechanics of uh, an LTI are different based on the organization, but most organizations m- make it very clear how they reward uh, high performers, 
right? So this is something that, this is an option that an organization will give to a high performer to keep them with the organ, keep them within the organization for a longer period of time. I call it the golden handcuffs. Absolutely. Like as an employee, I want to slap the golden handcuffs on my employer. Absolutely. Meaning I want to perform at a level yep. that they're going to incentivize me. Yep. When I say incentivize, I'm usually talking about cash money. Yes. Um, they're going to incentivize me to stay yes. and to continue performing. And as an employer, mm -hmm. I want to slap the golden handcuffs on my associates, which means I want to treat them in a manner and pay them in a manner that they feel loved right. and, and needed. Yes to where they don't want to look outside of my organization for their next career move because it's it's a they're it, bought into this it, it, it's harmony There's yeah, absolutely harmony on, on both sides yeah i mean they're, they're bought into uh the incentive not the incentive but they're bought into the culture itself right they feel completely invested uh is the word so is there um and again because the audience is is literally 25 to 54 um everyone in between. Right. There are some people that I would assume they're at a point in their career where long-term incentive just isn't available or they're not ready for it. Or is that a self-limiting belief? It's a, it's a self-limiting belief. Okay. I think it is. Okay. So it uh, doesn't matter where you are, what period in your career. If you feel like you've not accomplished all that you can, the good thing is you can always start over and you can start right now. Uh, when it comes to a long-term incentive, it's all about you positioning yourself with the things that I've stated about getting a mentor, identifying what's extremely important to the organization, supporting your organization, and getting those things. If you, I mean, if you do nothing else than actually supporting the organization in uh, leads and conversions, you'll be identified as a high performer, hands down. Getting a mentor if you get the right mentor within the organization, that mentor will help you elevate your career at a faster pace than you possibly could, you could have ever possibly imagined. So a mentor, uh, again, $12 investment, right, or lunch or dinner, asking the right key questions of your mentor. Hey, I'm looking to accomplish this in my career. How do you... Or what do you think I would need to do in order to accomplish whatever this objective is? And hopefully the mentor can provide you with some insight. And by the way, a steak dinner. Steak, yes. potatoes, um, salad, and asparagus. Yes. For four would run you about 50 bucks. Invite them to your home. Oh, absolutely. Let them into your life. If yes. If you want your mentor to buy into you, let them buy into all of you. Let Absolutely. Let them see where you live. Let yes. them see how you decorate. Yes. Right? You'll get three times mm -hmm. the amount of value out of that mentor, and it'll cost you one-third of actually taking them out yep. to, to dinner. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm a long-term incentive as well. As, as you were talking, I was thinking, okay, so I always thought of long-term incentives for CEOs, CFOs, senior-level executives, because it's stock options. Yeah. It's some really badass stuff that... Um, if my boss is listening, Doug, I would love <laughs> to know about some long-term incentive plans. But but if I was a entry-level mm -hmm. office assistant at a dental office, yep, there's no reason why I could not sit down with the partners of that dental practice and talk to them about a long-term incentive plan. Now it might mean that I need to 
do all of my job plus help them become better at billing. Yes. Right. Because if you're a dentist, there's probably bills going out, but not all the payments are coming in. So right. how can you help out in bill collection? That's a good one. Um, I could possibly bring them ideas of certain community events that I want to go work mm-hmm. so that I can uh, drive more leads patients. right i can more patients to that dental practice right and i think there's no reason why i shouldn't be able to sit down with the partners of that dental practice and say if i do x y and z mm-hmm. will you not just give me a raise not just give me a promotion but if i hit a target make make it quantifiable right you'll give me a five thousand dollar bonus and i promise you i've never been a dentist one of my good buddies is mm-hmm. shout out to dr curly um I'm not going to speak for Dr. Curley, but I know him well enough to think he probably would entertain that pretty easily. Yeah, I mean, you get an employee to go to an event and that employee generates 10, 15 new leads. I mean, 5,000 seems like a drop in the bucket. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, shout out to Dr. Curley. Do you go to Dr. Curley? No, I don't. He's in Altamont Springs. He's awesome. You know what? I'm actually looking for a dentist, so I might have to shout out to Dr. Curley. (laughs) It's worth a 20-minute drive from our neighborhood to get there. Um, But, no, it it really applies to to all people, especially if you can figure out through your mentor. Yes. Figure out through your mentor what what does it cost to acquire business? Yes. Right? Because every company knows their acquisition costs. Yeah. I mean, I have friends of mine that, that flip homes for a living. Mm-hmm. They know that it costs them basically for every three to five thousand dollars they spend, they'll be able to purchase and flip one home. So their acquisition cost is three to five thousand dollars. Right. I'm sure Dr. Curley knows his acquisition cost. Yep. Here at Waterstone, I know my acquisition cost. I know how much I need to spend on past client marketing, on loan officer compensation, et cetera, et cetera, to make sure that we are procuring the number of leads we need based on our conversion ratio to close X in production that should profit X in, in, in gross, which is net, right? right. Like every business knows that your mentor, no matter where you are in your career cycle, entry level or senior level executive, right. You should be able to, if you want to practice entrepreneurship, Yes. you should be able to sit down and figure out short-term incentive, yep. STI, yes. and long-term incentive. Yes. Different way of looking at it. So think of a, an STI as uh, a performance-based bonuses. Long-term incentive is when you're having the conversation with your mentor or with the organization, think of it more so as... Uh, you wanting to take a greater part in the growth of the business or you wanting to to feel like uh, or you wanting to become an owner in the business, right? Because what you all ultimately want to convey in having a conversation with the mentor and with the business is that you're there for the long term. Because if you're having a conversation and the conversation simply focuses around how you can make more money but not how you can benefit the organization, they're going to question whether or not you're going to be there for the long term. Yeah, no, and that typically is a conversation that's a recipe for disaster. For Absolutely, most. yes. Um, and, and the word that I, I tend to go to is intimacy. Yes. Right, like be intimate with the business. Mm-hmm. Like do you know the whys? Like why are decisions made and how are they made and right. who's making them? Yes. If you can figure that out, but it's, it's going to take you caring, right? Give it Absolutely. First. But, and, and this is in life in general, the answer is no if you never ask. That's it. So by asking, you're only going to make your position better. You won't make it worse. You'll just make it the same. The worst thing someone will tell you is, no, you're not ready. No, we're not ready. Right? We're, we're not ready to talk about long-term incentive. Um, I, I would hope most 
employers would. Yeah. But I would encourage all to, if, if you believe that you're bringing value, if you believe that you are checking all of the boxes of what they hired you to do, yes. you're doing that to the best of your ability and the best of what your peers do in the same line of work. Absolutely. You should have that, that conversation. You should. Um, and, and I'm getting from this conversation, and as, as we wrap up, I, I want to ask this to make sure that I'm not totally incorrect, but it sounds like you're encouraging people through entrepreneurship to water the grass and fertilize the grass they have versus consistently or constantly looking for the greener grass. The grass isn't always greener. And the thing is, again, it's a, this is what we're talking about as a career. Yeah. Relationships. A yes. Relationships you sustain results that you deliver. Now, I know the, the, the common mindset is that you'll jump, you know, 10, 15, 20 jobs in the, in the span of, of a career. That's a lot. That is a lot. That's a lot. But that doesn't if you're thinking that you have to do that to make more money, that's not the case at all, right? So you have different phases of your career. Within the first two to three years, uh, if you improve your skills over time but there isn't an opportunity, you should look for something else. Within the four to six year span, you're already invested significantly. And beyond that, you've invested even more time and energy so what you should look to do is leverage the relationships that you have within the organization, your understanding of how the business runs and how to deliver value so that you can be handsomely rewarded as well. Organizations want to continue to grow. If you can provide them with an avenue to growth by decreasing expenses, right, and increasing revenue, you should absolutely do that. That's phenomenal. Um, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy day to come and be on the Loan Officer Podcast. If somebody wants to get a hold of you, how do they find you? Oh, Instagram. Instagram. So yes. what's your IG handle? My, uh, it's Louis Valsaint, L-O-U-I-S-V-A-L-S-A-I-N-T on Instagram. Beautiful. And I'm Dustin Owen. If you want to get a hold of me uh, on Instagram, we are the Loan Officer Podcast. On Facebook, we are the Loan Officer Podcast. My phone number, 407-645-6363. Google is always a great place to go. Just type in Dustin Owen. You should find me. Hopefully, I'm in the top third of the Google search bar. And my email address is doen at waterstonemortgage.com. Lewis, would you come grace us with your presence later in the year? Absolutely. We would love to have you. Again, Lewis Valsaint on Instagram. That's it. Peace. Peace. Peace.